Hello, and welcome to BNP Paribas Asset Management's weekly market podcast. I'm Daniel Morris, Senior Investment Strategist. And this week, I'm joined by John Stevenson, who is a portfolio manager uh, in our Boston office and focuses on healthcare, which we know has been a a big beneficiary, if you will, from the coronavirus crisis. Uh, A lot more attention, certainly, to what's uh, happening in healthcare, anticipations of a vaccine, realization of potentially a lack of sufficient investment in the sector over the years, so a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Before we turn to John, though, let me discuss a little bit what we've seen going on in the markets. On the pandemic side, uh, generally speaking, I would say good news or maybe no bad news. We know that countries generally are starting to reduce lockdown restrictions, so that's, that's the good news. Uh, however, we have the concern that that's going to be followed by an increase in infections. And then we ask ourselves how governments will react. The good news is, is that so far, at least, we've not seen that happen. However, we also appreciate its early days and maybe a week or so before we can say with any amount of certainty how successful the reductions have been. But at least so far, so good. The economic data that we've got over the last week is also generally more encouraging than not, particularly a slew of PMIs for the U.S. and Europe. Now, on one hand, the numbers themselves weren't particularly good. All the numbers below 50, which is the threshold for expansion versus contraction. So pretty much all the countries that reported still contracting, but at a slower pace than in the previous month. So an improvement over the data that we got in April, and generally speaking, the markets were happy with that. Also encouraged by some progress uh, within the EU, particularly with proposal from Germany and France for support for other countries uh, in the Eurozone that have been hard hit by the crisis. Now, it's just a proposal at this stage and has a a lot of hurdles to get over. But the proposal itself, uh, particularly the view that these, these funds would be provided as grants as opposed to debt that needed to be paid back, Uh, is considered by many to be a particularly significant step for further cohesion within the Eurozone area. And as a result of this proposal, we saw spreads on Italian government bonds come in. Uh, So that was good. And then also a bit of strength in the euro. Now, this has all been offset to some degree by renewed tensions between the U.S. and China had been in abeyance while uh, both governments were focused on the coronavirus. And now that that's on the margin a little bit less uh, dominating. Uh, We've seen a resumption of those tensions, uh, a bit familiar of what we've had over the last couple of years, and if anything, anticipating that may increase a bit as we get closer to the U.S. election in November. Uh, The last thing to mention, and this is something that uh, you may want to keep in mind as you try to anticipate, again, where the investment opportunities are, We saw on Monday that there were uh, a lot of news around the potential development or at least positive results for development of a vaccine. Saw a big rally in the markets, particularly in sectors that have suffered the most so far. So primarily tourism-related sectors, uh, oil prices rallied quite a bit in the belief that maybe people will be able to travel again, get on planes and so on. Uh, So something to think about is in these sectors that are very much beaten down at this point, 
and compared to many other parts of the market that have benefited, have relatively low valuations. Uh, if we do see good news on the vaccine front, uh, it's a part of the market that we may see some uh, bigger returns, better returns than we've had certainly over the last couple months. So now, as I mentioned, this was all around a vaccine, which gets us to healthcare. So let's turn to our experts and guests this week. John, U.S. healthcare stocks Hi. overall have outperformed the broader market during the coronavirus pandemic. But at the same time, there's been a wide divergence in the returns at the industry level. Can you talk about what's happened? Yeah, sure. So as you noted, healthcare has outperformed the broader market during the pandemic, and that's not all that surprising given the historical uh, defensiveness of the, of the sector during tough times. And that defensiveness does relate to the inelasticity of demand, as well as the presence of government social safety nets, which insulate demand during downturns when unemployment's high. But as you noted, the performance across the sector has not been uniformly good. There has been a divergence in equity performance by industry and sub-industry, and this really relates to the varying impact of COVID on different business models. So, for example, if you look at biopharmaceuticals, they have generally been performing quite well. And that's a function of the fact that while new prescription initiations have slowed somewhat, overall demand for prescriptions remains very stable. And also because of the fact that the industry's valuation has been uh, improved due to the unprecedented effort to develop therapeutics and vaccines against this virus. Conversely, medical technology stock performance has been much more mixed. If you were to look at, on the positive side, some of the companies that are levered to the diagnostic testing ramping and the creation of new testing markets, those stocks have done well. But conversely, those stocks that are levered heavily to um, surgical procedures, which are being delayed significantly due to the uh, pandemic as we socially distance and free up hospital capacity for surge, and also because patients are fearful of going into the healthcare system, those companies have underperformed. In addition, if you look at healthcare services, we're seeing a similarly mixed performance, and the, and the healthcare providers have been those have been most negatively impacted because of patient volumes in the context of the fixed infrastructure from a cost perspective. But on the positive side, managed care companies have done relatively well because the reduction in patient volumes has reduced costs to a much greater extent than the cost of caring for COVID. So overall, there has clearly been a divergence, but importantly, that I think has really created an opportunity for active management to shine. Now, I would think covering healthcare stocks, you're already generally overwhelmed with, with new information that's coming in. And under this scenario where we have, uh, you know, I'm sure daily developments around COVID, I'm curious how you've managed all of this, uh, trying to take care of your portfolio, look for those opportunities. How has your performance held up? during this very challenging yeah. period, and what's your strategy for the rest of the year? The strategy got off to a decent start early this year, even before the pandemic. But when the pandemic hit, we made some minor adjustments to the strategy structure and reduced our medical technology exposure on the margin due to the inevitable reduction in surgical volumes. We modestly reduced our weight in companies with financial leverage due to the financial market risks. And we increased our weight to larger cap biopharmaceutical companies, which had relatively insulated businesses, strong cash flows, and strong balance sheets. But otherwise, we maintained the core positioning of the strategy, which was levered to innovative secular themes irrespective of market capitalization. Fortunately, in this environment, the strategy has performed quite well. 
In the face of the pandemic, society needed innovative solutions to complex problems, and healthcare has been at the forefront of this effort, rapidly advancing therapies and vaccines, developing diagnostic kits, and ramping the needed supply chains, accelerating the onboarding of physicians of physicians and patients to rapidly scale telemedicine, integrating home patient monitoring capabilities to handle COVID patients. So all of these trends have been very solid. And companies that have had these solutions saw their stock prices rise significantly. And this drove solid performance for the strategy over the last several months. And since we had already identified and invested in several of these core themes and capabilities for reasons unrelated to COVID. For example, we had identified telemedicine as an investable theme over a year ago due to the ability to deliver care in a lower cost setting, the ability to address geographic care gaps and enable better care coordination. We'd invested, we'd seen an opportunity for expanding diagnostic testing beyond the central lab because we felt that there was a need for lower cost, high quality diagnostics in a broader array of the care delivery setting in order to speed up time to diagnosis. We also had always felt that the power of biopharmaceutical innovation was undervalued in the marketplace, that advances in genetic sequencing have dramatically improved the insights of industry and the speed at which they can develop new therapeutics, and this seemed underappreciated by politicians and also the investment community at large. And then we'd always seen an opportunity in the convergence of cloud computing and remote patient monitoring, and this was manifest in diabetes device companies and also bed, uh, bed, patient bedside monitoring. So when you look out uh, from here, though, you know, we've had some early per, uh, solid performance. And I think looking forward, there's three words that come to mind when I think about the strategy. Um, optimism, patience, and balance. You know, due to the unprecedented efforts of the healthcare companies, I'm very optimistic that society will be able to get back to work. Significant ramp and diagnostic testing infrastructures will enable patient identification and isolation of the infected patients in order to mitigate the risk to the broader society. I think eventually we will develop vaccines and therapies that will mitigate the risk and severity of infections, but we need to be patient. It's gonna take time to work through all these issues, and I would not be surprised to see the economy and markets rebound in fits and starts as societies grapple with the tension that is existing between economic and public health concerns. From an investment standpoint, we're managing with slightly higher cash balances than would be typical. And we are uh, looking opportunistically to add high conviction, high quality companies and maintain a balanced strategy consisting of stocks that may benefit or be insulated from the COVID pandemic in order to offset the near-term risks associated with those investments that are more exposed to the downsides of COVID. Because we need to maintain those investments because those are the ones that are going to perform the strongest coming out the other end of this challenge. I would imagine that for most of the companies in your universe, they're focused very much right now uh, in the short term on treatment of, of coronavirus patients, development of a vaccine. But you've also got to think much more about the longer term trends. Uh, you talked in particular about telemedicine. Uh, there's a view that healthcare is at the intersection of a lot of the strongest trends over the next decade. What do you see as the most promising investment themes? Well, yeah, so at the outset, I, I would just reiterate in general, healthcare is a great investment for a number of reasons. I categorize them personally into three general issues. One is superior growth. There's an inherent in underlying growth that outpaces the economic growth. Two is, as we've talked about, there's a defensive nature. This sector tends to outperform during downturns like this. And we saw this in the 0809 financial crisis. So you've got 
an inherent sector like growth that is underlying the industry, defensive properties. But as you talked about, there are incredible, powerful, uh, innovative trends that are pervasive throughout all aspects of the industry. Um, and I can just list a few, but there are many more. Um, to start with, advances in genetic sequencing over the last several decades has really enabled the creation of biopharmaceuticals for conditions that were previously completely untreatable. Additionally, not only do we know much more about the science due to genetic sequencing, but we've learned a tremendous amount about how to deliver therapies. And that has enabled uh, scientists to actually contemplate curative intent for the medicines that they're creating. This is something that we've never really contemplated previously. Um, within devices, we're seeing advances in miniaturization and automation that is driving improved diagnostics, robotic surgery techniques, and other device modalities that were unthinkable in prior years. Um, and four, we are seeing a convergence of big data uh, within healthcare. So taking something from the informational technology universe and applying it to healthcare to enable the development of smart medical devices and diagnostics. We're even seeing innovations within the healthcare delivery system, which is offering the potential to enable more integrated care and potentially more cost-effective care. So it, it's really evident to me, um, having followed this space for a couple decades now, that, it, that healthcare is just ripe with innovation that's pervasive throughout the sector. And as the sector is seeking to solve the challenge of providing more care to more patients while managing the cost. So I, I see the sector as being a great investment due to, as I said, just to reiterate, strong secular growth trends, innovative trends which are abundant, the current situation of economic crisis, which creates a nice entry point. And then the fact that, and we didn't go through this, the sector's valuation is actually trading at the low end of its relative uh, multiple versus the broader market. So, so there's a great opportunity for multiple expansion in the uh, in the sector as well. Thanks, John. That's really really fascinating. Uh, if I can summarize what I think you just told us, one of the key appeals of healthcare as an investment theme is, as you point out, on one hand, uh, it offers a lot of defensive properties, uh, given that demand is is pretty much always going to be there. But it combines that with a lot of innovation and growth that you don't often see in other defensive sectors, say like utilities. Or, or consumer staples. Uh, and it seems what's particularly notable now, you know, we are always aware that there's kind of long-term structural demand for healthcare, growing populations, aging populations, but perhaps one of the big changes following the pandemic is increased willingness of governments to spend on healthcare. It, this realization that there had been underinvestment in the past, under-resourced in the past, and that that needs to change. So that's a nice combination, I would imagine, for the sector you know, certainly demand, but also some money that's going to go behind it. And in terms of innovation, you talked about all the developments around telemedicine, uh, robotics, and you know, uh, biotechnology. So it just seems there's probably just a surfeit of opportunities for you to be looking at. And I'm really glad that you mentioned the point around valuations, because when I look at the markets from a strategy point of view, I think we, on one hand, all appreciate uh, the benefits, say, for the technology sector because of what's going on around uh, working from home and, and uh, capacity around Internet infrastructure and everything else. But the valuations in that sector reflect that demand, and you can argue that they're quite elevated, certainly relative to historical averages, whereas healthcare may offer uh, a lot of those same growth opportunities and that innovation potential without the premium that I think you see in tech. 
So thanks again, John, for joining us this week. Thank you, listeners, uh, for listening in. If you have any further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact, and we hope everyone has a good and safe week. Thank you. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.